You are listening to a message recorded at Living Hope Church in Southwick, Massachusetts. We hope you find encouragement through God's Word today. It is, uh, we are kind of wrapping up our missions convention, and one of the things that we're going to be talking about, and, and our guest speaker is going to be talking about at the close of the service is Faith Promise. And I want to encourage you in this, you know, when I came to this church 14 years ago, my wife and I, we'd always do a faith promise. This isn't something that we say, hey, you, you people should do, but not us. And we've been doing faith promises for the last 14 years. And honestly, when we like first came to the church, like we were doing like 10, 15, 25 dollars. And we're like, that's a lot for us because we didn't have much. There was a time where I would make 150 dollars a week doing this right here. And so 25 bucks was a lot of money back then to us. Okay, that's even 14 years ago. But we started and we were faithful in that. And the Lord, every year we've been challenged to do more to give more. Not because it's about us, it's because there's, there's just a mission out there to accomplish that God wants to see done. There is 7 billion people on this planet. Only 2.8 billion of them know Jesus. That means half of the world doesn't know Jesus. Jesus said that this gospel of the kingdom would be preaching to the entire world and then the end would come. When we preach the gospel and enable people to preach the gospel, we are hastening the return of the Lord Jesus Christ. So there's something good in store for that. And I can honestly tell you, in 14 years, we're up to $100 a month. Okay, So there's like two or three missionaries that we personally can account for on that wall. I don't say that to say, hey, isn't that great that I'm doing that? I'm just letting you know, let God start you small and let him increase it each time so that you can say, you know what? I can, I can say I support those people. And I'm so blessed to be able to say of the times that we've been here, over the 14 years that we've been here, many of the uh, faces and pictures that are on that wall have come through this church and have spoken behind this platform. And I'm really excited to have that uh, opportunity today. And so with us today is a friend. Uh, his name is Patrick. And he and I went to Bible college together way back in 1996. Uh, we were both going to school at the same time. Patrick is from Ireland. You'll pick up on that when you hear his voice. Uh, and he came here. A guy has a tremendous testimony in his life of what he did to, to get him saved and to turn his life around. And now he's serving the Lord, and he is a missionary back to Ireland. And so uh, he's just got a gentle spirit, a wonderful heart, and he's going to share with you the Word of God and just uh, get our hearts inclined towards mission. So will you welcome uh, Reverend Patrick O'Laughlin as he comes to share the Word of God with us. Thank you so much, everybody. I think it's the third time I've been back here. Yeah, I'm, yeah. And... Um, and it's just, it's just wonderful to be here. You know, what you uh, experienced today, uh, you know, I've been to many, many churches. This is not uh, normal that we have this freedom uh, to, to, amen, that to, uh, to spend time around the altar. And, uh, and so I just want to say thank you so much. And it's wonderful to look and see the Irish flag back there. Uh, it's, uh, it's a great flag. And uh, so... Thanks again, just uh, Pastor Dan, Stephanie, just for having me. And um, uh, so I want to just begin by uh, showing a okay a picture of uh, my family. So uh, we have four children. Our son Liam, uh, he lives in England and he's a nurse uh, practitioner. Uh, he just got uh, promoted. And then uh, Lauren is a doctor, 
in uh, Ireland. She works at the Women and Infants Hospital. She's the one that checks all the babies when they're born to make sure they're well. And then uh, Leisha is uh, with us, and she's uh, taking a gap year. Uh, she hopes to study film back in Ireland next year. And then Lilia at the end, uh, she's uh, studying botany in um, Trinity College. If you're familiar with the Book of Kells, that's, where the, uh, that's the college. And she's in her third year, and she just loves plants. And this actual picture, if you're familiar with the movie Braveheart, uh, with Mel Gibson, this is, uh, this is the castle, this is the town that we lived in uh, for approximately four years. And uh, we get a lot of American tourists come and they look at the castle and they take a lot of pictures. Uh, so uh, it's great to just, uh, and we've heard so much today about the goodness of God that he's just given us a, a beautiful family. Uh, you know, I, I obviously you, you may have heard some of my testimony before, but uh, just for those who don't know me, uh, I, I come from a small Irish family. Um, I am the oldest of 13 children. I've got eight brothers and four sisters. Uh, the reason I'd say a small Irish family, because we had neighbors who had uh, 19 kids and others, neighbors who had 21 kids. And so there was always people to, to play with. Uh, when I graduated from high school, I, I went to business college, and I graduated with a first-class honors degree in gambling. <laughs> uh, it's probably one of the most expensive, the most expensive degrees that you can get. Uh, so if you have an addiction, uh, I ended up um, depressed and suicidal. I couldn't get off the gambling. Uh, it was a, a secret life. But I did the one thing that saved my life. I went into the local Catholic church in my hometown, and I called out to God. I said, God, if you're real, save me. I didn't know anyone who was uh, a Christ follower. I didn't know anyone who read the Bible. Uh, you know, in Ireland, it's uh, the least evangelical of any English-speaking country in the world. It's estimated that only 1% uh, of the population has a personal relationship with Jesus. But the scriptures say that everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. It actually says it twice in the New Testament. And so God miraculously intervened in my life. Now, I had to take a boat to England, a train to Dover, a boat to Belgium, and a train to Stuttgart, Germany, uh, for someone to share the gospel with me. And I always say, that's unfair. You know, that someone has to go to another country to hear the gospel. When here in America, we just take it for granted. We can hear it everywhere. We see so many churches. But that's the reality of many of the missionaries that you support, uh, that there are places in the world where there, there, there's no churches and uh, people have to travel. And so we thank God for the internet and other ways, like, you know, obviously you guys uh, live stream. You know, God can reach people, uh, but really the best way he can reach people is by planting churches. And so we're excited to be back in Ireland. We work with Lighthouse Church. Uh, Lighthouse Church has got two locations, and we're about to plant our third location when we go back in April. But I just want to share this uh, real short video about the church. Uh, we meet in the largest shopping mall in Ireland, and we rent the uh, movie theater. And so just a quick uh, look at, you know, the people that we serve with, and then I'll just uh, continue with a message from the Word of God. Lighthouse, a beacon of hope, 
a guiding light, providing direction in the dark, guiding us to safety, guiding us home, bringing things into the light, standing tall. This is who we are. A family calling out the extraordinary, living proof that God still changes lives. Families have been restored here. The lost have found their home here. Prayers have been answered here. Hope has prevailed here. And this is just the beginning. We believe in a God who is still on the move, still healing, still restoring, and still building his church. What was once a dream is now a reality. Lighthouse Church, Navin and Dublin, a place where everyone is welcome, where nobody's perfect, but anything is possible. And this is just the beginning. Looking forward, eyes fixed on Jesus. We won't stop. We're all in. Such a great adventure. Welcome to the future. Amen. Uh, we were locked down for 15 months, uh, but this church that we serve with in Dublin, we've grown from 30 people to 200 people. God is just, amen. God has just blessed the church. Uh, we get between 15 and 20 new people uh, every week coming to the church. Uh, we're in, the, uh, of course, this shopping center, a lot of foot traffic. A lot of people uh, move to Dublin to work. We've got a lot of the American uh, companies that have their European offices in Dublin. Our people invite people. And uh, we're also blessed because when you, wake, when you walk out of the movie theater, uh, you walk into a Starbucks. And so we bring, we bring everybody over to Starbucks that, uh, uh, that come to the service if, the, if they feel comfortable, and we buy them a, a, a coffee, and then we just kind of get to hear their story, and uh, we try to connect them with other people in our church, because if we can connect them with other people in the church, it's easier to connect them with God. And uh, we had 50 connect groups that were meeting, uh, uh, mostly every week, just trying to uh, connect people. And... Uh, when we go back, Michelle and I uh, and our youngest daughter are returning to Ireland December 30th, and uh, we're going to be working with our next church plant. In April, we're planting the third church. That's going to be in Dundalk, which if you're familiar with Ireland, it's on the east coast. You have Dublin, and then up north you have Belfast, and it's approximately in the middle on the border, about 60,000 people. And uh, we're going to uh, plant the next church. Believe in God, it's going to just touch people's lives, because we say that the Irish have not rejected the gospel, they've just not heard it. And we believe that if people could just hear a presentation of the gospel, then it's up to them to either accept it or reject it, but at least recognize that it's not a religion, it's a relationship uh, with Jesus Christ. A number of, uh, um, uh, maybe a year or two ago, uh, I was walking around the castle of the picture of the family, and uh, I looked ahead, and I saw this uh, two men, and they were stopping people and talking to them. So I said, oh, there must be believers, you know, sharing. And so when I came up upon them, I, uh, they said, can we chat for a minute? And the court, I said, sure, no problem. 
And so they said, we're from the Legion of Mary, and uh, we're trying to get people to go back to church, which he implied, you know, to go back to Mass and go back to the Catholic faith. And so I said, can I ask you a question? And he said, sure. I said, um, have you come to a place in your spiritual life that you know for certain that you're going to heaven uh, when you die? And he said, no, nobody can know that. So I said, well, I can know it. I know I'm going to heaven because of what Jesus did for me on the cross. And of course, uh, in 1 John chapter 5, it says these things are written that you might know for sure that you have eternal life. So I said, it's curious. You know, you're trying to sh convert me, and you don't know you're going to heaven, and I know I'm going to heaven, and I should be trying to convert you. And so I shared the gospel with him. And so it's just... Uh, uh, unbelievable that, you know, people can do the religious thing for years and years and yet not know the gospel that Jesus has paid it for us and he has done everything that we need in order to reconcile us back to God. So uh, there's, there's a great work that continues to need to be done in Ireland and we just thank you so much, Pastor Dan, for your prayers and your support. Uh, I'm going to uh, just look in the Word here. We're going to be doing faith promises at the uh, end of my message, but I want to kind of uh, lead up to it by asking us to turn in to Philippians chapter 4, verses 10 to 20. Now, I was just saying to Pastor Dan, some of the things I'm going to say has actually already been said uh, by other people already in the service, so I'm trusting it's all kind of working together. But in uh, Philippians chapter 4, uh, verse 10, uh, Paul uh, finishes his letter by thanking the church for their partnership uh, in the gospel. And I want to look at some of the things he thanks the church for, and also as one of your missionaries to say thank you for these uh, things we're going to look at. Uh, but before I look at the actual scripture, I want to share two quotes from uh, Max Dupree. Uh, Max Dupree uh, said that the first responsibility of a leader is to uh, define reality, right? So whatever, whatever you're leading, if, you, if you're a sports coach or if you own a business uh, or if you uh, uh, do anything in leadership, you know, the first thing you need to do is to define reality. You know, what is going wrong and how can we fix it? And many of us are going to look at the Patriots today, right? And uh, we're trusting the coach is going to, uh, you know, be dealing with reality here about how we can win this game. Now, when it comes to life, you know, the scriptures say there's a way that seems right unto man, but in the end, it leads to death. In other words, a lot of people are walking around, and their reality is not a reality that's going to sustain them at the end. But we thank God, you know, those of us who are followers of Christ, who read the scripture, that God has given us an understanding of his reality in his word. And our brother uh, read Psalm 1 today, you know, because, you know, in the Word, and we, if we meditate on it, we'll get a great understanding of reality. And the reality is, as we look at the Word, that God has created all of us uh, to have a relationship with Him. We've been created in His image, and He's created us to have a relationship with Him, and He's created us, uh, as our brother said, to prosper, uh, to do His work. But then we read later in, in Genesis that, you know, because of sin, you know, we have been separated from God, and we basically do our own thing, but God has not rejected us, and his whole 
uh, story in the Bible is how God has tried to and continues to try to draw us back to him. And thanks be to God for Jesus who dies on the cross for our sins to reconcile us to himself in order that we can have a relationship with him and we can, uh, we can fulfill the purpose which God has for our life and then live with him for eternity and eternity. That's, that's the reality uh, that the, the scriptures give us. That's the, I believe that's what everybody needs to hear. Now, uh, Max Dupree then says that the last responsibility of a leader is to say thank you. And uh, this is what Paul is going to exercise here in Philippians chapter 4. He's going to thank the church uh, for its partnership in the sharing the gospel. And I want to just say thank you. You know, Pastor Dan says that you guys, you give $1,000 a month uh, to see the work of God spread not only over the world, but also in this area. And I commend you for that, because that's an, an amazing uh, amount, of, amount of generosity uh, that you're, 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 you're contributing. And so I want to just celebrate that. And if you're not giving the faith promises here, I want to obviously challenge uh, that because I believe that, you know, God wants us all uh, to participate in faith promises. Uh, uh, also, just before I, I talk about faith promises uh, later, I want to just also just say that, you know, I pastored uh, Calvary Assembly of God in Dudley, Massachusetts for 14 years, and we were a home missions church, and then we were a district-affiliated church, but every year we, we gave the most in missions in the network. And so uh, what I'm going to share about today is not something that, as Pastor Dan said, you guys do and I'm just going to sit back. No, uh, I, like Pastor Dan, I, I led from the front as well. And, um, and so I want to look at three things here that the Apostle Paul thanks the church for. Because, if, you know, if you ever write a thank you note or receive a thank you note, right, you want to you wanna be as specific as possible, right? Uh, because, you know, if you just re receive a general thank you note, you don't usually keep that. Um, but if you ever receive a, a specific thank you note from someone that you admire and they're specific about what they're thanking you for, that you often keep that, right? And so when you're maybe discouraged, you take it out, uh, you look at it, uh, maybe you share it with others, uh, maybe when you're kind of looking for direction in your life, you can remember the thank you note and say, wow, you know, maybe I need to keep doing these same thing. So I want to share three things uh, that Paul thanks uh, the church for uh, in this portion of Scripture. And the first thing he thanks them for is their concern for others. Uh, verses 10 to 13. He says, I rejoice greatly in the Lord that at last you renewed your concern for me. Indeed, you were concerned, but you had no opportunity to show it. I'm not saying this because I am in need, for I have learned to be content whatever the circumstances. I know what it is to be in need, and I know what it is to have plenty. I've learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. I can do all this through him who gives me strength. So the first thing he thanks them for is their concern uh, for others. Now, if I was to ask each of us, now don't raise your hand or anything, to give yourself a, a score on how concerned you are for others. So, so say like on a scale of 1 to 10, right, how concerned 
are you for others? I just wanted you to take a moment and give yourself a number there. Just give yourself a number. Okay. What I have discovered is that we often give ourselves a higher number than we actually have. Uh, I remember when I pastored in, 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 in Dudley that uh, um, a couple in our church gave their car away to somebody else in the church that needed it. And I was commenting with some other people in the church how wonderful that was that this couple just gave their car away uh, to somebody in the church that needed it. And I said to myself, well, if God asked me to give up my car, I would give up my car as well. Now, you know how God works, right? Because later that evening, uh, I was talking to my wife, Michelle, and uh, we were talking about this guy in our church. Now, he didn't need a car. He needed a bicycle because he used to bicycle the church. And Michelle said, wow, isn't it terrible? He, his bicycle is broken. But, you know, you have a bicycle that you don't use. Why don't you give it to him? I said, I can't give him my bicycle. I might need it. And then I remembered that a couple of hours earlier, I said I'd give my car if somebody needed it. So I gave the bicycle uh, to the guy who needed it. And I, he probably still has it to this day. But, uh, but, uh, but it's just really good to kind of deal with the reality of, you know, how much concern do we really have. Now, when we look at this uh, word for concern that Paul writes here in, in Philippians, uh, it's important to recognize that this concern uh, has three elements. Uh, it, it, it contains a concern that moves our conscience, a concern that moves our affections, and then it's a concern that moves our will. So if one of those three are missing, or two of those three are missing, uh, it's not the concern that Paul is thanking the church for. Uh, I want to just uh, look at um, Philippians 9, uh, uh, sorry, Romans 9, verse 1 to 3, and show you, you know, how it, looks, how it looked like in Paul's own life. Because we see here in Romans 9, 1 to 3, Paul's own concern for the lost. And I want you to notice that it contains the three elements of concern that Paul uses in, in Philippians chapter 4. He says, I speak the truth in Christ. I am not lying. My conscience confirms it through the Holy Spirit. I have great sorrow and unceasing anguish in my heart, for I could wish that I myself were cursed and cut off from Christ for the sake of my people, those of my own race. So you see the three elements there, right? His conscience is moved, his affections are moved, and his will is moved. Now I want you to notice something about Paul here when it comes to the, his will concerning his concern for the lost. I'm going to paraphrase it. And it basically he's saying, I would give up my place in heaven for somebody that needed it. Think about that. Paul is actually so concerned for the lost that he said that if it was up to him, I would change places with somebody who needed a place in heaven. Think about that. You're, you know, you know, my dad just passed away a couple of months ago. Just, but just think about you know, being at, at, a, at, a, at a funeral and being in front of a, a, a coffin and saying this prayer, God, if this person does not know you, 
I'll gladly give up my place in heaven so they can take it. Wow. That's why he's celebrating their concern for others. And may we have that concern for others as well. And one of the ways we can express that concern is through faith promises. Giving so that others can hear the gospel. Thank you know, you don't have to give up your place in heaven, but we can help others find a place in heaven. Uh, how do we renew our concern for others, right? Because this is a huge, uh, a huge thing Paul is talking about here. Well, I think it's by learning the secret of contentment. That's the only way that we can ever see our concern for others grow, that we can do all things through Christ who gives our strength, because when we can take our focus off ourselves, recognizing, you know, that I have found contentment in the Lord, I can do all things through Him who gives us strength, then we can put our focus and our concern on others. The second thing that He thanks them for is He thanks them for their commitment to give, because it's all kind of building on each other. First of all, he thanks them for the concern for others. Then he thanks them secondly for the commitment to give. Look what he says in verses 14 to 18. For it was good of you to share in my troubles. Moreover, as you Philippians know, in the early days of your acquaintance with the gospel, when I set out from Macedonia, not one church shared with me in the matter of giving and receiving, except you only. For even when I was in Thessalonica, you sent me aid more than once when I was in need. I've received full payment and have more than enough I'm amply supplied now that I've received from Aphrodite the gifts you sent me. They are a fragrant offering, an acceptable sacrifice, pleasing to God. A couple of things here we notice that the church gave again and again, right? And secondly, the church gave more and more. And as Pastor Dan shared, you know, uh, when we get into faith promises, you know, we don't necessarily have the faith uh, to give a lot at the beginning. But hopefully that faith's going to grow. So in 10 years, the Lord's, Lord's tarry, you're going to be amazed how much you're giving to missions. Now, I want you to, I want you to notice something here uh, about this commitment to give and why he's celebrating it. Notice how many other churches partnered with him in the matter of giving and receiving. Right? How many other churches? Okay. No other church, right? In other words, the Philippian church was the only church that partnered with him in this matter of giving and receiving. Think about that. No other church. Because we have this idea of the New Testament church that it was perfect. But you know, the New Testament church, it was a work in progress as well, right? Um, and, you know, it was just so wonderful when we heard about the tithes and offerings t today. You know, because... Because I love the order here. He says, no other church partner with me in the matter of giving and receiving except you only. You see, there's got to be a, a come a time in our life that we acknowledge that everything we have, the Lord has given to us. And it's important that we not only be receiving, but that we're also giving, right? And so that, that's a work in progress. But here in this uh, portion of scripture Paul is thanking the church for their commitment to give and I just want to say thank you and you know Pastor Dan he's, he's believing that 
you know, the church is even going to give more uh, uh, to missions because the work is continually uh, going on. And so I want to say thank you for your commitment to give. I want you to, you know, say thank you for giving again and again and more and more because, you know, of, of the, 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 the opportunity to partner with uh, the work of God in giving and receiving. Uh, we were locked down for 15 months, and uh, because we weren't meeting in person, you know, we obviously it was a struggle financially, uh, but our pastor, uh, we have a great relationship with a church in Brazil that we support, and uh, he felt the only way that we were going to get out of this uh, financial crisis was that we were going to give the biggest missions offering that the church ever gave. And so he contacted the church in Brazil and said, you know, what, what do you need? And he said, oh, we're desperate for, for these things for our, our children's uh, area. Uh, just, you know, it's exploding. We just don't have the resources. And so he said, just make a list. What do you need? And so we gave the biggest offering that the church ever, ever gave. And God has been faithful to the church. He's been faithful because Paul says that when we give, it's like a fragrant offering, pleasing to God, acceptable to him. And so uh, I want to just thank you for your commitment to give. And then finally, uh, I want to uh, say that the third thing he thanks them for, and this is kind of, you know, where it's all kind of based upon when it comes to faith promises. He thanks them for their confidence in God to provide. He says in verse 19 and 20, Am I God will meet all your needs according to the riches of his glory in Christ Jesus? To our God and Father be glory forever and ever. Amen. You see, when it, when it comes to giving uh, and recognizing, you know, that if we're available to God and he shows us how concerned he is uh, for the lost, we suddenly recognize that you know, we don't have the resources uh, to meet all the needs. I'm sure Pastor Dan gets a lot of calls for missionaries, and every one of them is just as entitled to support uh, as anybody else, but it's just we don't have the resources. And so what we have to recognize here, that what's different about faith promises rather than tithes and offerings is, is faith promises really is based upon the, the principle that my confidence is in God to provide whatever he asks me to give, right? This is over and above the tithes and offerings. This is actually money that you don't actually have. But you have to believe God that he's going to give it to you. Um, so our daughter, Lauren, the oldest, our oldest one, uh, so she was on a district missions trip um, to Nicaragua when actually God called her and told her uh, that she was going to be a doctor. And so that, that was her junior year in high school. And it was just wonderful for her, her because it really put her on a, a path. And uh, when times were difficult in her studies, uh, she believed God had called her. Well, she had, uh, uh, Pastor Dan, you know Mike Brown, right? Mike, uh, Mike Brown, I think you support Mike and Polly. Well, Mike was our youth pastor uh, when I was the pastor, and Mike was passionate about Speed the Light. Speed the Light is the ministry that uh, raises money among the youth to buy the vehicles for the missionaries. And so he did a, um, 
he did a, a faith promise uh, for Speed of Light. And uh, Lauren came to me and she said, Dad, I really believe, and this was a long time ago, she said, I really believe God wants me to give $1,000 uh, to uh, Speed Light. And I said, what? You know, you're not working, you have no money. Because I'm thinking, well, I'm going to have to give the $1,000, you know. <laughs> and, um, and so she said, no, Dad, relax, you know. Uh, I believe God told me to give $1,000, and I believe God's going to provide. And I said, well, we'll see, you know. Uh, me of little, little faith, you know. And um, so a couple of months later, uh, I get, uh, I, there's this gentleman that's been visiting the church up from upstate New York. He visits his mother in the next town over, and he comes to his, our church when he's there. And he told me that, oh, my mom's in hospice. Can you go visit her? And I said, sure. I went um, uh, to visit her, and unfortunately, she passed away. And he asked me to do the funeral, so I did the funeral for, for her. And uh, he said, look, uh, my mom bought a lot of stuff, and uh, I can't take it back to upstate New York. Can, can you help me? And so my daughter, Lauren, uh, organized a yard sale and uh, raised $1,500. And so she said, 1000 goes to my faith promises, and uh, the rest we can give to BGMC. And so I'm not saying someone has to die, uh, for, for God to provide what you're going to give. But God has so many ways uh, to provide for us. And so I want to just say thank you so much, Pastor Dan, Stephanie, uh, for your partnership in the gospel in Ireland and around the world. I want to thank you uh, your, for your concern for the lost in other countries, uh, your commitment to give, and your confidence in God to provide. And so I'll, I'd like you to... Uh, just take that faith promise uh, giving card, and um, maybe you've already filled it out, but if you haven't, I just want to just explain a little bit about how it works. Uh, first of all, yeah, you will never be asked by the church for the money, right? You're not going to get a knock on the door and say, hey, where's that faith promise uh, that you, you promised? You're never going to be asked for it. The only reason that the church needs you to fill it in and... Um, and give it back to the church is so that they can budget for how much they think they can give, right? And so it's not necessarily, uh, you know, that you're going to be held accountable for it, but it's just, you know, as they make the budget, this is what their believing is going to come in. And so it says here, this faith promise giving, it says it at the top, as your faith promise or commitment is an agreement between you and God, it, uh, it is understood that you may renew your promise or commitment at any time. In other words, uh, you may have a number that you feel like you want to give, uh, but maybe God has a higher number, right? I don't think he'd ever have a lower number, but uh, <laughs> I think he'd have a higher number. And so... Uh, so you might want to revise that number. Uh, you might even want to now to cross it out and put something uh, bigger. Because again, it's your faith in how much you believe God can give you, right? And I'm not saying you just sit back then and just wait for the money to come. Because he might ask you to exercise that faith and give you ideas of selling things or you know, doing things 
uh, that contributes to bringing the money in. And so I'm gonna, we're going to actually uh, show a video just about, again, a reminder about what uh, you know, this money does around the world. But I know you've already got a concern for the lost. Amen. I, already, I know you're already committed to give. That's not the deal. The deal is, do you have confidence in God to provide? And my God will meet all your needs according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. You see, people love that verse, but it's a conditional verse. It's only the churches that give. It's only as we give to others does God say we can have confidence in God uh, for us uh, uh, to, to have our needs met. And so I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm just going to pray. I'm not, I don't put pressure on anybody. But we're going uh, to watch uh, a video. And then as the video is over, uh, we're going to ask that you would take your faith promise card. Now, again, you, have to, you, you, tear, you keep the, the shorter part for yourself. You can put that in the Bible, your Bible, and just each time you open your Bible, say, God, I thank you for giving me this amount of money. So once the video is over, uh, we're asking that you come and you put your faith promise card on the altar uh, uh, so that we can just, again, just, it's just an expression of the fact, God, we, I don't have this money, but I'm trusting for you to provide. So I'm just going to pray, and then we're going to do the video and then we'll just see what the Lord's going to do. So, Father, I, gi I give you thanks for this church. I thank you for every person here, God, uh, especially if we know you personally. We thank you, God, you've purchased for us a place in heaven uh, through Jesus. And, Lord, you know, if we could give a place in heaven uh, to someone else, uh, Lord, the only way we can do it is by somebody uh, going and sharing the message of the gospel with others. Lord, we thank you for what you've asked us to do in our community, but God, we recognize, Lord, there's parts of the world that have, it's challenging to, to share the gospel, but Lord, our giving and our prayers can help that, God. So I just pray that you speak to our hearts today, God. Lord, that you will put a number in our hearts, God, that we can believe you to provide for us. And as we heard testimonies today of healing, that this time next year, God, we'll hear testimonies of provision of this faith promise. Even give more than we can ask or imagine. But we thank you. This church desires to add more missionaries, God. And so, God, we thank you that this is the way you have made it to happen, God, through faith promises. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you so much, everybody. Thank you. Thank you for listening. We invite you to join us Sunday mornings to worship with us. We are located at 267 College Highway in Southwick, Massachusetts. For more information about Living Hope Church, visit us online at www.livinghopechurchag.org.